0: The Flex Success podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit.
1: Covering all things science
0: relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows, we might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. (laughs) Hey everyone, this is a really exciting episode because it is the first episode of 2022 and also the first episode since our big trip has started. Although we're kind of going back in time.
1: I was going to say, is it Back to the Future? (laughs) I've never really understood that movie, Back to the Future.
0: Yes, it doesn't quite make sense. It's like I'm 60% of the time I'm right every time. Anyways, so uh, for those that watch on YouTube or have listened to previous episodes, you've heard us talk about our big trip where we're going to live out of a suitcase, move to Europe, choose a new country every three to six months. And it has begun. Well, actually, right now we're sitting in Dean's family home in your Brother's old spare bedroom. Yeah, brother's old brother's room. old bedroom. Um, about two days before New Year's Eve, before we fly out to, to Europe. But this will be released January 3, so kind of talking in the future.
1: A sweet makeshift setup. We've got a laptop on top of a approaching tub with an iPhone for lighting today.
0: <laughs> and we, look, there was a lot of shoes. You bunny in, rabbit ears. <laughs> in the shadows. There was a lot of things that I needed to pack with us, and there was just no room for our regular, like, lighting setup and stuff like that. So. Yeah, iPhone light. It is.
1: It's onto the do li- to do list. Mm. But yeah, welcome to the new year, everyone. I hope you uh, got absolutely rowdy, but not too rowdy.
0: Not too rowdy. And
1: you didn't fall off the rails.
0: Rowdy enough, you know, on the spectrum of grandpa to who's the rowdiest person you know, Dean. There's got to uh, be some rowdy sports players.
1: I was trying to think of that young fellow who had that party, the green. Oh, thing.
0: and he had bright Corey. yellow. Corey with the yellow sunnies. On a scale of grand part of Corey, I hope you were just somewhere in the middle.
1: Corey Worthington?
0: Oh, that sounds familiar. I
1: don't know.
0: Sounds familiar. Anyways, we today are here to talk to you about ways that you can stop starting again. Because mm. if you begin your journey, whether it's to build muscle or get lean and you're successful, and then you're successful at maintaining it, you don't have to keep starting again because you did it. You did it once and that's that's all it takes. Um, and we thought this would be an appropriate topic to pick on the first podcast of the year because typically everyone's reassessing their goals and they're feeling really motivated and they, you know, set some targets. But we know because we've set New Year's goals a few times now that we just keep starting again. Mm. So today we wanted to talk about that, help you break the cycle of starting again. And
1: um, there's an asterisk on this too, yes, which we're actually going to highlight throughout the conversation. What is that the is, asterisk? Sometimes you need to start again because the goals you may have on the spectrum of extremity mm-hmm. are high. But a lot, and this is this is what we're going to be talking about today and that some people will have, some people need to have extreme goals because obviously the goal is extreme in and of itself, like a contest prep. I know that didn't make that much sense. Right. But too many people who just want to be better than what they were yesterday, whatever that may be to them, do too much of an extreme change and they're always starting again. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the spectrum of sort of like how extreme is something versus something that we want to be more sustainable, for example.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: So we don't want you to start again because we don't want you to be setting extreme goals.
0: I mean yeah like you said Dean's getting on a bodybuilding stage soon and that's pretty extreme and when that's over you'll set a new goal so you'll have to start again because you'll be finding your feet in a new goal but I guess what I meant is somebody who's trying to get lean and they're always falling off the wagon and starting that same goal again not necessarily reaching a goal of getting to competition perhaps doing quite well at competition maybe coming first for example No pressure, Dean. And then, you know, setting a new goal after that. So, like, yeah, that's not really what I meant. Yeah, but
1: that's exactly my point. Okay. Exactly what you just said there is that we're gonna help maybe differentiate as to why it's not the way to go is to go extreme. Okay. Even though the goal itself may be sustainability Mm -hmm. of a new change. Okay. A lot of people go to extreme.
0: Yeah. You know, they do. We will talk Um, about that. We will, Dean. Uh, And so everyone has the best intentions in the new year, don't they? Or when they just feel fed up or they see a photo of themselves and they're like, really, how did it get to this? Like something might flick and that might be a new calendar year or it it might be something else. Um, But when we enter a new goal or start again with the best intentions, of course, we probably still have the same mindset, the same influences, the same environment, the same habits, um and where is that going to leave us Dean probably in the same place
1: look it makes sense <laughs> you know, yeah it does if you do the same behaviors over and over and over and over
0: again you're exposing the same people over and over and over
1: and over again can you really expect any
0: change yeah not long you term know? at least not long term but you know on that note talking about influences I um I've always ugh, I want to say always gone to the gym Aye, that's not entirely true. From about the age of eighteen, when I, I partied a lot from about sixteen, that like um, was nineteen ninety nine, and like it was nineteen ninety nine, you know. And I did for a while, but anyways, I saw some of my friends just take too many drugs and just I don't know, just become drop kicks, and I I felt like I was a bit of a crossroads. Anyways, for a long time, I um, have have gone to the gym frequently. I've eaten well. Mm, I've maintained pretty good sleep for maybe the last 10 years, not since I was 18, but anyways. And I just think it's so easy. Just like, you do, ha- do you have to go drinking with your friends? Can't you just go to the gym with your friends? Mm. Like, why do you have to go out for these lavish dinners? Why can't your friend just come over and you cook like something nice together? Um, and that works for me so easily because, my, because I've been in the fitness circle for so long. It's, it's obviously my profession as well. It's easy for me to do that. Like my circle of influence just aligns with that. Um, but when was it like, I don't know, October last year, I decided to start playing, um, an instrument. I chose the piano and I don't have anyone musical in my life. Like all my friends are like lift things up and put them down again, you know? Um, and so I was YouTubing how to learn the piano. And I like borrowed a piano from a friend and I started learning, but nobody was really actively encouraging me. No one was coming around for a jam session on the piano. And I just like. of forgot about it i just stopped doing it and i i felt like oh this is how people who don't have fit friends must feel no one's actively encouraging them no one's like hey let's go for a dog walk and then we'll go home and make like a great salad um so for the first time i sort of understood it and it made me realize like how important your circle is and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to flick all your friends and only make friends that are fit if you have fitness goals um, maybe you can keep your current friends, but also add some fit friends on top of that, or ask your friends for support. Like, maybe I should have reached out to my friends and be like, "Hey, you know, maybe you, you want can to come around
1: for a jam session."
0: <laughs> Do you want to start learning the piano too? We can learn together. I don't know. Like, mm. find different ways to like uh, make your social circle or your influences influence you in the way that you want to be influenced.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, but this is super common. How often you hear of somebody who has insert behavior or problem that they've had their entire life that is aligned with their family dynamics. Yeah. And then they're like, I want to differentiate myself from this current behavior. They try and do it and the family bring them back. Yeah. It's repeated behavior because because unless the family get on board, they're often reminded of what they're not doing. Mm. And instead of encouraging people, especially in Australia, I don't know if this is a worldwide thing, but especially in Australia, it's been my experience, that those who have... Uh, let's say their negative behaviors highlighted more frequently by somebody trying to do something positive yeah. instead of supporting and changing. They typically bring them down. Yeah. So they're like, "Well, oh, I can't do it." Therefore, you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so that's that circle of influence. I
0: used to have a client. Um, hey, chief, if you're listening, he made some really awesome changes and lost a heap of weight and quit smoking and, you know drank in moderation for the first time in a long time. And his family didn't make those changes. And I remember him telling me how difficult it was for him to just have a steak and steamed veg and leave the fried chips out and not have all the muffins for dessert like everyone else. And it, what do you mean you're not having a smoke with us? You, I don't want to say the words, but mm. like some, some like just calling him horrible names and putting him down and he felt like he was isolated from his family for making healthier changes. Mm. Um, and that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Um, and, and that's an extreme example. I think most of you listening probably aren't in such an extreme circumstance, but maybe there are some influences in your life that maybe aren't actively dragging you down, but also aren't bringing you up. So it's definitely worth considering how can we go about adjusting our, it doesn't necessarily have to be social circle, but our influences, maybe who you follow online or. Yeah. You know, what you, you read. Yeah. Stuff like what that. What you
1: partake in every day. Yeah. There's, there's got to be a whole host of things that you can begin to highlight that may be either going to leverage you in a positive way or a negative way and you need to try and find some balance between the two of them mm. because like you said it's, it's probably not a fair expectation to say hey completely flip your life tomorrow
0: no you know no but these are just some things to think <coughs> about bless you dean some uh things to think about going into 2022 if we want to stop starting again we need to think about our socials or our influences um but anyways we have some points today that wasn't really one of them that was just my piano tangent um i wanted to ask you dean one of the things that i one of the ways people seem to go wrong is relying on motivation as a fuel right so i think that motivation can start the engine but Mm. it's not the fuel that keeps you going and for people like myself who are just normal everyday people like trying to look all right naked that's not that hard right there's there's room for error i can go out drinking occasionally or i can have dessert here and there, whatever. But for you, who's trying to get dick st- skin lean and get on stage and do really, really well, mm. there is no room for error. Like everything has to be weighed timed. It doesn't matter if you're tired, you're going to the gym. Cause mm. that's when well, you're the going. error
1: margin is far smaller. Far,
0: sure. far smaller. Um, you, you, you obviously can't rely on motivation because you don't feel motivated for a 24 week prep, especially towards the end when you're so lethargic. Well, I imagine that's the case. Mm-hmm. So If you're not relying on motivation, because successful people do not rely on motivation, um, what do you rely on?
1: Uh, I would say I have an inherent, I want want to say inherent dedication, but I think that's just my dedication to the goal at hand, that is to the task at hand and to in order to achieve the task, I am very good at just breaking that down systematically into these are the things that I need to do on a daily basis, tick off those daily things. If I do that every day for at least the large majority of the time, if not all the time, then the result will come. And that's just something I'll probably built on ever since I played sport as a kid. Because there was always, none of, none of my goals in life have ever been something that is acute and short and very quick to get. Mm. They've always been very elongated goals. You know, like, playing soccer from the age of four to, Hey, I want to do this professionally. That was going to be possible at the age of 16. So we're talking about a 12 year goal as a kid. <laughs> yeah. You know? And if I was like to only think, oh, I want that goal tomorrow. And, you know, very goal driven as opposed to that whole process driven, which we've spoken about on this uh, podcast before. I'd always miss things because you'd be like, oh, I'm not there yet. But instead what it was like, okay, here's the goal. Here's the process, tick off the processes. And I've just sort of relied on being extremely dedicated and, um, the other thing too, is I think there's a recognition that motivation is transient. And like you said, it's going to come and go and ebbs and flow. Sometimes you're going to be hyper-motivated to do things that you don't want to do, like train very hard when you're fatigued.
0: Or eat a salad when you want a pizza.
1: Yeah. But other times you're not going to be motivated to do that. So you just have to do it. Mm. Um, as to why or how, I think like you, I have a very good circle of influence in that the people that I associate typically just do the things. Mm. Um, and I also think I have a one, a high self-worth that is reliant upon me um, recognising that I want to do these things on a daily basis, like to tick it off. Like I get a lot of satisfaction and self-satisfaction out of ticking the boxes. And the other one is that my, I align, like my values align with being and having an athlete mindset. Mm-hmm. So when I'm like struggling to determine like, ah, oh, do I really want to go for this walk? It's like, you're an athlete. You have an athlete mindset. What would an athlete do? Mm-hmm. They'd go for the walk. Off you go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's everything. So, say so with food, with exercise, with training, it's that I align with this almost like um, it's not by no means a superhero, but like this, you know, <laughs> you know, like this mindset of like who I am as a person helps drive the behaviors. Therefore, that I need to achieve the goal.
0: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. So your identity. Yeah, yeah. Like I, as a person, and somebody that gets the work done, even when I don't feel like it. Hundred percent. Yeah, you
1: know, and like yeah, I, I, as a person, is somebody who chooses foods that are appropriate for the goal at hand.
0: And that's yeah. something that's come naturally to you because you are a child athlete. But perhaps someone who's listening to this identifies as like I'm a smoker. I'm someone that drinks in excess. I'm someone that always goes back for seconds. And, you know, we weren't born with any identity. These are things that formed over time uh, based on repeat behaviours. And thankfully, because I'm not a determinist, I do believe that we do have some control over our behaviours and how we think about ourselves. And maybe at first we might not believe the new identities that we're trying to attach to ourselves, but we will with repeat behaviours, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's super cool. I just had this conversation today, or conversation I had. I wrote this in checking to a client about mm-hmm. he's going on holidays for the next seven days. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what do I Where's do he with- going? Canberra.
0: Canberra? What the fuck? Okay, like, is your client 95? Is he going to Questacon with his grandchildren? Oh, uh, yeah. Not, not <laughs> Sorry, Canberrans.
1: Not my choice.
0: Look, I actually haven't been holiday. to Canberra since um If you like brown, school.
1: flat grass, <laughs> like and sex stores in a dodgy right. warehouse area.
0: <laughs> Aggressive politics.
1: You know, maybe.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah,
1: look, no, yeah, it wouldn't be my choice. Go on. Um, Canberra Klein. And it was, yeah, I'm going on holidays for seven days. What do I do with my food? Okay. And it was like, okay, like you need to ask yourself, like, what are my current goals? Like in this week, I have physique goals. That requires a certain set of behaviors. I have family goals, social goals. That requires a certain set of behaviors it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like we've Mm. talked about even this, you know, the dial. It's not a switch. It's not off and on, you know, like you can dial up a little bit of social one day and you can dial down a little bit of athlete the next day. And then I was like, and, you know, there may be opportunities. Like he said, we'll probably go out to dinner every night. I'm like, that's cool. But like, does it mean that because it's holiday mode that every night's dinner needs to be extremely calorific and non-portion controlled?
0: Yeah. But don't can't you not socialize unless you're binge eating, isn't it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and luckily for him, that's by no means it. But it was this sort of this idea of uh, I am on holiday, therefore I am a holiday individual. Mm. You know, and what do people do on holidays? They eat in excess, they drink in excess, they don't do exercise. Yep. And people think like that's success.
0: That's a holiday. So what
1: typically happens after that? There's the come down effect of like, oh, I feel terrible. I haven't trained. I haven't exercised. My digestion's a bit shitty.
0: This is an yeah. excellent segue into um, the nutrition and training spectrum that I wanted to introduce on this podcast. Mm. Um, so to visually represent this, listeners and YouTubers, think about a spectrum, just like a line. And on, on one side of the line, it's we'll talk about nutrition first. Yeah um a, like a piggy somebody that has a terrible diet eats like a toddler call it a toddler diet on one end and at the other end we've got someone with orthorexia like some sort of extreme diet where heaps of foods are excluded there's only you know gluten free dairy free, this free that free fun free taste free yeah, right
1: insert diet that has too many rules
0: Insert diet that has yeah. too many rules Keto,
1: blood type you know
0: yeah. whatever uh, so this, but we want to exist either end of the spectrum is unhealthy right? Um, we want to exist somewhere in the middle. We want to have some boundaries and do we want to call it restrictions? We want to be eating plenty of fruit and veg, good quality fats, calorie controlled, enough protein. Of course, there is room for dessert most nights within that, depending on your goals and your body weight. Um, Of course, there's room to eat out occasionally. So we're still eating within boundaries, but we're not existing at either end of the spectrum. Um, And so when you're on holidays, you might want to dial down the nutrition switch so maybe there's a few more treats and maybe when it's coming up to bikini body season you'll dial it up a little bit but we never go to either side because if we're going all the way up the top of the nutrition spectrum how long can you have your foot pressed flat on the accelerator for before you burn out right like because there it takes such a long time for our bodies to adjust and even then because we are So adaptive, if we can't lose weight once and keep it off forever, there's a lag time between action and outcome as well. We need to be continuing healthy behaviours over long periods of time as well. We don't want, like, if we think of this as a sprinter or a marathon runner, a sprinter goes really quickly and uh, puts in heaps of effort for a short amount of time and they have to rest Mm. they have to go from as fast as they can to zero whereas a marathon runner actually they run pretty damn fast but anyways relatively there it's it's a moderate pace and they're going for long distances and that's how we need to be thinking about nutrition Mm. so even though we can go up and down a little on the spectrum we never want to go all the way up to one side or all the way down
1: yeah, it's a controlled pace over time.
0: Yeah. Not or a sprinter.
1: You know what it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's a sustainable pace.
0: It's a sustainable pace. Because a
1: marathon runner, an 800 meter runner, you name it, they understand the level of intensity that they can work out for a given amount of time before the fucking cogs break. Yeah. And it's the same with food. Uh-huh. You know, like if I followed my current level of uh, restriction in regards to the calories that I consume to get to the contest lean, I'm going to get to that goal.
0: Yeah.
1: It's going to hurt. But if I continue to do it forever, there's going to be a point in time where I just break mentally, physically and all of the above.
0: And you'd be single. Yeah, (laughs) I would. (laughs) It's I don't like it. I don't like you doing contest prep because it puts a lot of limitations on our relationship. But I know that like we can't go out to dinner. It's your birthday, our eight year anniversary soon, all this stuff, New Year's. And like you can't drink. We can't eat out. And it's fine because I know it's only for a short period of time. But when that's over. I know that because the dial is all the way up food because you do have an extreme goal, which is not most people that are listening to this podcast. After your prep is over, the dial is going to come down to the middle again. You're still going to be sensible, but we, we can go out to dinner on your birthday.
1: Yeah, and I mean this is this is coming from uh, the outlook of two individuals who, I suppose, have have uh, we're regularly referred to by other, other people as I suppose you could say like a fit couple. Okay, you know, in shape, and yet, and yet, yeah, and yet we do enjoy food. Oh, yeah. Like food is a big part of our life. I think we're
0: foodies. hundred
1: percent we are. Mm. We're always seeking new restaurants. We're always seeking new experiences. When we travel, that's one of the things that we do. We find places to eat. And yet it's a really good representation of the fact that you can have a little bit of your cake and eat it too. You just can't have... can have a slice you know once a week not the whole entire cake not a cake every day you You can have a
0: slice of cake and eat it too Mm, exactly (laughs) yeah you can't have the whole entire cake can't
1: bake that motherfucker and smash it
0: yeah um anyway so so the point that we're trying to make here is when people you know are starting the new year or setting new goals and they have the best intentions and they feel really motivated It's seductive to try and dial all the way up and take extreme measures with nutrition because we all know that results can come faster, but they also often don't last long because you can't maintain that for very long. So although it's tempting, we're just encouraging you to try something more sustainable. Maybe just eat a bit more veg and a bit less shit and do that for a few weeks and you'll see some pretty great results and you'll be able to maintain that.
1: Yeah. This kind of goes both ways though, I would say as well, because- we like we understand that this whole like uh, extrinsic motivation is is not a very good way to go about getting sustainable change long term because mm. it's very short lived. Give However, some
0: examples of extrinsic motivators for people who don't know what that is. Oh,
1: really. uh, like it could be like a date, something external to you that's driving your behaviors. To Likes
0: change. on Instagram, it compliments, winning a
1: winning winning a, a, a competition, a competition with money in it. You know, like, yeah. Um, the, the beauty of that, as it is, a Kickstarter, like you said, your analogy at the start was about the engine. What was that? That
0: motivation can be the engine to get you started, but it's not the fuel to keep you going.
1: Somewhat the same with Mm -hmm. extrinsic motivation. It can get you started. It can be motivating initially, but it's not what will drive sustainable behavior. So like you could, you you don't want to go like all the way to the left of that spectrum and make the smallest amount of change and expect a lot to change because you're not going to be that motivated by the lack of significant results. But you also don't want to go all the way to the right and dial it so far up that you get extreme results for a short period of time and then shoot the bed. Yeah. And we want to try and find enough that you get some goals and then are motivated the results here, yeah. some results and that you are somewhat motivated and encouraged is probably a better word from those results mm-hmm. uh, to continue. And then you have to then focus back on the behaviors.
0: Yeah. There's some people who drink like 10 cans of full sugar Coke a day and making a small change, like switching to no sugar Coke makes a huge difference because they pull heaps of cows out. Mm. But you know, if you're somebody who maybe doesn't know that much about nutrition and you're like, what? Not so healthy. <laughs> Dried mm. fruits are healthy. Okay. Weight doesn't, come down to health it comes down to energy balance of course health matters i'm not arguing that it doesn't
1: um pretty sure you just said if it fits your macros and the the
0: same (laughs) on that note if you do want to learn more about nutrition we do have a macro tracking mini course that you can find from was it like the courses and membership section of our website and if for anybody that does think oh well healthy food equals weight loss it certainly doesn't Um, then I encourage you to learn a little bit about macro tracking. It's not something that everyone should do forever um, Mm. because then we're using macro tracking as a a crutch. We're leaning on it always to figure out what to eat, but rather it could just be a good learning tool to learn about your energy needs, meaning how many calories you should be consuming for your goal and what foods fit within that. How can we do that um, by making sure we're also ticking the health boxes, not just calories for weight because it all matters, So check that out um, if you're curious. Mm. But anyways, Dean, maybe give some examples of an intrinsic motivator because we talk about extrinsic. It would be like values because you... Did you have some examples? No,
1: you took it to go for it.
0: Okay. Like uh, an intrinsic motivator would be because you value your health and that has nothing to do with a date. You Mm. just value your health forever. It has nothing to do with likes on Instagram because... It just doesn't.
1: It, yeah, it's almost like you're not looking for validation. You know? Yeah, it's, it's like, just about
0: you feeling good, confidence.
1: Yeah. Intrinsic would be I want to wake up with some energy so that I can I can do whatever exercise that I want. Or like you said at the beginning of this podcast too. Like if somebody says, Hey, do you want to go for a run? Not that you would necessarily go for a run, but or do you want to try this mountain biking, you know, in, in Austria? Yeah, mm. sure, I can give that a go, you know, because I want to be able to wake up every morning and feel healthy with energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And these things are typically far uh, more effective at driving behaviour change and also then sustaining the new behaviour change because they align with that identity?
0: Well, actually, the literature is broad um, and very clear in that when people rely too much on external motivators like a competition or a date or, I don't know, social acceptance, like likes on Instagram or something, they very quickly stop doing the thing when the reward isn't there, if Instagram changes their algorithm or your competition gets cancelled or something like that, well, what am I doing this for then? And and they stop doing it. Um, But when we are really clear on the values that we're trying to live by when we're training or eating well or, you know, sleeping well, um, no one can take that away from us. So personally, I value adventure um, and spontaneity. And I want to stay fit enough. This is my goal, which may sound ridiculous for competitors out there. Because they're like, what? You don't want to stand up there and sparkly the undies? Mm. No, I can judge myself. I don't need seven other judges judging me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I want somebody to be like, hey, Liz, want to go on a hike? Yes. Hey, Liz, you want to go like abseiling, doing this random event? Yes, I want to do paintball with you today. I, I, I want to be spontaneous and adventurous. And I want to be fit and healthy enough that I can do anything. And I really value that. And that keeps me going. Um, And I also value self-care because I recognize that no one else is going to take care of me if I don't take care of me. Um, And so for me, a huge part of that is is eating well and training well. And that doesn't rely on any external force whatsoever. So if you find that you're always relying on motivation and that's failing you or external motivators and that's failing you, maybe think about what your values are. Um, If you're not sure, you can just Google like, what are personal values and the whole list will come up and you might want to choose i don't know three four mm. just get clear
1: and then potentially some affirmations or something like that on a daily basis to remind you of those
0: yeah i'm a healthy identity. person and a healthy person would mm. insert behavior here
1: yeah and similarly if you if you're at a crossroad of oh i really want this you could revert back to that like too, a donut of, or something yeah like you might yeah. reframe you know like from the, oh that donut's super delicious to. Like you said,
0: healthy people find donuts delicious, but they don't always eat them.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And the more times you do this, the more frequently, just like the bad habits, the good habits become easier and easier and easier to maintain without thought.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. Like
1: I, I used, to, I remember like when I would f- eat far more freely, I got lucky because I exercised a lot as a kid that didn't, didn't impact me. Right? Uh, I needed the energy, but there's a point in time where you say yes all the time because you can. And you hear this all the time, actually, with athletes who go from being, you know, full-time athletes to then not full-time Have you ever athletes. heard
0: muscle turns into fat?
1: Oh, yeah, Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mate.
1: Uh, but, you know, they've got this huge energy demand. They match it with a huge energy intake. They don't have to think about it. They're just eating hyperblatable foods and it all sort of just works in unison, right? Mm-hmm. And then they take away the output because they're no longer athletes and they just get fat. Mm because they just don't realize that they've just completely shifted that energy balance. Mm -hmm. Um, But they just got lucky in their behaviors and their identity were not necessarily aligned. Whereas if they had the identity, and I've seen this in professional athletes, I'm a professional athlete and professional athletes choose, you know, the healthier option first. And then they add the small bits. Mm -hmm. If they maintain that when they, when they finish the sport, the extrinsic motivator for them to maintain exercise in this instance then their intrinsic values would still remain and they'd just be the same person. Yeah. And like, if if you ever had not thought about this consciously, think about some of the top athletes that you may have followed, like rugby league stars, whatever, tennis stars, whoever it may be, and look at them pre and post professional status. And you can almost always tell the ones that were just nailing it day in and day out because of the intrinsic versus those that were doing it because they had to, or were just getting lucky because of their output. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. They unwind real quick it's actually pretty scary how fast it can
0: you name a couple
1: uh I think a fantastic example of somebody who's maintained because his behaviors aligned with that identity would be Darren Lockyer from the Broncos and NRL mm-hmm. um in regards to one one that I just thought of now but it's probably not a great example there's Australian uh, golfer called John Daly who wasn't uh, like a chronic alcoholic mm-hmm. um and he had some bad periods but um He got huge sometimes and then would come back to sport, do all right because he needed to mobility, then stop playing golf and go bad. So he was
0: doing it for the the sports competition. Yeah, but
1: also he was extremely Mm. unhealthy. But Mm. he was just one that popped into my head then because he got massive.
0: Yeah. Um, So he would have gone back and forth towards one end of the spectrum, the couch. What did I say? The toddler slash couch potato end of the spectrum and the extreme end of the spectrum. Mm. He he didn't exist in the middle.
1: Yeah, he was either fully pink pigment (laughs) or or normal colour. Right. (laughs) yeah All right. but uh, there's there's quite a few like if you actually look at me like oh well that's interesting mm. you know because you would think a lot of people look at athletes and go oh, they've got it so easy <laughs> it's like, no some of them have the same problems you do it's just that they're lucky that they do a lot of exercise and they just that's just what they've done so they continue to do it or maybe there's you know uh, a financial incentive to maintain that yeah because they want to get paid and they know their careers are short and so yeah. on so on, So,
0: yeah well athletes would identify as such um so we could think about what do we identify as because our, what we identify as shapes our behaviours and our behaviours shape the outcome. Hmm. And so if we still identify as the same person, the smoker, the binge eater, the whatever, um, but we're trying to create this different outcome, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be an uphill battle. You will be swimming upstream. Instead, I would encourage you to try and change how you think about yourself rewrite the narrative start with small behaviors so you believe this new identity and then those behaviors will be easier because you were just the type of person that dean and i drink like on new year's eve or if we go out to dinner occasionally we'll share a beer or something like that but generally speaking i would say we're non-drinkers would you think that's fair yeah fair. and so when we're at i don't know like one of your family gatherings or something they don't even offer us alcohol because they're like on our dean and lizzie are non-drinkers and that just makes it so easy because we identify as non-drinkers mm. And it's not even, like, a decision we have to make. That's just, like, who we are. It is our, our identity. And it's not because, like, I don't know, we have more willpower or something. It's just that's just who we identify as. Yeah. So how do you want to identify? What behaviours do you want? What sort of person does those behaviours?
1: In My identity there is I'm a person who prefers apple pie over beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd rather <laughs> eat my calories for sure as well. <laughs> yeah. Dean's favourite food that his auntie makes is apple pie, and he requests it any chance that he gets.
1: It is delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. Mm, So good you can't speak. (laughs) (laughs) Makes your lips go numb.
0: I love it. Um, Okay, so do you want to give a quick summary? We're we're giving a quick summary on all the things that you might want to think about so that you don't have to break promises to yourself this year. Mm. The New Year's resolutions that you set around getting lean or getting strong or something, you don't fall off the wagon. You don't have to keep starting again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So mm
0: -hmm.
1: we spoke about the spectrum. Yeah. And that we always want to try and sort of move more towards the middle than we do at either end of that spectrum. Yeah.
0: And we can move around a little up and down. Yeah,
1: for sure. And that might be like time specific or like, you know, if you're event on holidays specific, or yeah, yeah, phase specific, whatever it may be. But you're
0: never on a diet or off the diet. You're always just sensible. Mm. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less.
1: And just to clarify, although the average we're saying here, may be the middle, that doesn't mean we should spend some of the time at the extreme of either end. Yeah. <laughs> a, the average is somewhere. Oh, in the
0: right. That's not what we're <laughs> no. talking about. Yeah. We're talking
1: about the actual behavior. The mean. Yeah. Yes, yeah. perhaps. Um, yeah. So find, find the middle of that spectrum. Think about what's, the minimum effective change that I can make to make a positive change towards the new identity that I wish to to Mm. sort of live by, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And then we also spoke about the fact that successful people don't rely on motivation. We want to be relying on our values. We want to lean on our social influences what you read, what you listen to, who you hang out with, that might mean getting some new friends. Doesn't necessarily mean dumping your old ones.
1: And not following some douches.
0: Don't follow douches. Don't follow like celebrity workouts, fucking Beyonce vegan diets. Or
1: don't 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 follow people that value image over information.
0: That's true, because what you're doing there is just comparing your body to their body instead of comparing your behaviors, Hmm. you know, because we want to be leveling up on what we do, which is going to influence how we look, assuming that's your goal.
1: Yeah, so if there's a a whole host of people that you scroll through on Instagram or Facebook, that when you get to them, you think, oh, I wish I looked like that, Uh uh-uh. That's not the, that's not motivation to you, you know. No. If you see that person you're like, wow, they look great. That's hyper motivating for me. It's a different response. But if that negative response kicks in really quickly, uh, then uh, maybe it might be worth muting them for a point in time.
0: Perhaps. Um, and then we spoke about a lot, Dean. But we spoke about identity change towards mm. the end there. Um, having some mantras or what's the lowest hanging fruits? What are some terrible ha- behaviors that you do and just work on work on those. Through your identity change.
1: Yeah, I honestly think the identity concept is massive for most people because most people who do go on a journey of weight loss, for example, are that they're like, oh, I've always been fat my whole life, or I've always been lazy, oh, I've always had injuries. You know, their thought processes go to the I was or I am mm-hmm. instead of like who they want to be. Yeah. It can be like, I used to be an alcoholic. Yeah. But now I'm a person who chooses water over.
0: Yeah. I believe yeah. that's why. Uh, in, you know in know, the medical industry is that what i say um we don't say that person is obese that mm. person is a flu we say that that person has obesity <laughs> right that person has a flu because when a person has a flu they not they aren't the flu they you know they are obese um because we don't want to attach these identities to people we don't be like you are obesity you know yeah, you that, are obese what behaviors will ensue? exactly obese you know, behaviors. i'm an
1: obese person what do they do
0: yeah you know? no I am a person that has obesity, but that can change just like having the flu. Um,
1: yeah. geez, you're a flu, aren't you? <laughs> what would that mean?
0: <laughs> Snotty? Fevery. <laughs> Fevery?
1: Sweaty, clammy.
0: <laughs> clammy.
1: Mm.
0: Um, but we talk about in, in the the habit change and body image management section, we talk about habit change obviously Mm. in body image management we also have a whole section in the better bodies program um, on mindset and motivation better more constructive productive ways to think about yourself and your behaviors Um, we obviously have a nutrition block within the better bodies program as well where we talk about really efficient and simple ways to improve nutrition Mm. to facilitate outcomes Um, And that doesn't mean going to extremes. Um, So anyways, the Better Bodies program, this is January 3 that this podcast gets released. So assuming you're listening to it today or a few days after, the Better Bodies program kicks off January 10. So there's still a few days to join up. Check the link in bio on Instagram. You can go to our website and check it out there. Hmm. Um, and I hope to see you in the program because our tagline is what, Dean, for better bodies?
1: Creating sustainable transformations.
0: Creating sustainable transformations. None of this eight, 12-week gym challenges where you lose heaps of weight and gain it back and then the cycle continues.
1: Mm. Yeah, we want to give you something that's applicable that you can take home, e.g. nutrition.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: the opportunity to determine how many calories you need and what kind of output you need, and how do you train? How often should you train? Maybe what exercises should you choose? Are supplements necessary? If so, which ones?
0: How do we recover? How do I manage my hunger and cravings?
1: All of these things are like mainly intervention-based, which is what a lot of challenges do. Like they intervene by giving you a calorie target, by giving you an exercise target. Or giving you a diet. And then they say, follow the intervention. Mm -hmm. And then when the intervention finishes, shit goes south. You
0: go go back to your old behaviours. Yeah,
1: whereas here we're setting up with the intervention opportunity and then we're coupling that and doubling down with habit change motivation mindset mindset, giving you ways to find better ways or unique ways to you individual ways to you to find sustainability in the transformation that you're going to achieve in in the initial phases
0: as i was um writing the hunger and cravings management video lessons uh i was really interested to see that all of the research uh on weight loss studies showed that unsuccessful groups just couldn't manage their hunger mm. the, the there were many differences between all of the studies but the thread that all of them had in the successful groups is that they just didn't feel that hungry which is why hunger management is so important um, and craving because we can crave something when we're not hungry and we can gain weight on food that we eat just from cravings as well so we obviously go through that as well and yeah. hunger management is such an underrated tool and I think that just because something's simple, people think like, oh, it can't be that effective. It's like it's just a seatbelt. Well, this little belt, my dear, has saved millions of lives. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just because it's simple doesn't mean we, we should ignore it. And there's so many simple tools that we can um, we can adopt. Yeah. And sometimes
1: it's just framing it different, mm. you know. The, hands down the thing that I deal with the most in the contest prep realm is having people manage their perception of hunger and fatigue and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, because because the goal for them is relatively just uh, because there is a, a, a heavily weighted extrinsic goal of a date mm-hmm. and standing in front of people and essentially no clothes and being judged. And
0: yeah, you need the. You know, that's highly
1: motivating not to fuck up, right? Yes, but people still do, and this is this is actually a testament to how shit extrinsic motivation is. To be perfectly honest, uh-huh. you know? if I said to you, the person who's listening or watching to this, in fifteen weeks' time, I'm going to get you to stand on stage in just a g-string, and I'm going to judge you for how you look do your best over the next 15 weeks. For the first five to 10, you'll probably do exceptionally well. But there's going to be a point in time where even that level of like motivation from an extrinsic source is not significant enough to...
0: Public humiliation.
1: Yeah, (laughs) to stop you from uh, partaking in behaviours that will not... Align with the goal, mm. so it just goes to show you that, like you said, it's a good way to kickstart, but it's a terrible way to sustain so exactly. behaviors. Exactly,
0: because that's not even a, a hypothetical. How many competitive athletes do you know that are prepping for a bodybuilding show that binge eat and miss, miss sessions during their prep?
1: More miss the mark than hit the mark in a yeah. bodybuilding contest. um I would go as far as saying it's like as low as fifty percent.
0: Oh yeah, you are Of
1: people that I would say would get on stage like in what we would classify as
0: decent condition
1: really good quality addition dish- condition yeah mm. um and it's it's like it's the, the biggest thing that i deal with most of my guys um now is just talking them through like this is the expectation these are the behaviors we align with this is what the perception of hunger is versus yeah. you know homeostatic and hedonic which we've talked about before and is also in the course i think the
0: better bodies program in the
1: program yeah um yeah so like there's just so much that people don't realise is available to them to know. And once they get their head around all that sort of stuff, it actually becomes far easier Mm. because, again, they're aligning their identity with their actions or their actions with their identity.
0: Yeah. Like Dean works with male competitive bodybuilders only. I work with both genders, but gen pop, general population, just non-competitive athletes, people who are just trying to feel their best. And they have to approach dieting in different ways. Your guys have to go quite extreme because you need an extreme result. My guys and girls, not so extreme, but there's still a lot of similarities in how we need to think about things, how we need to manage our hunger, mm. um, how, we, how we train. Because whether someone wants to lose fat or gain muscle, we still need to train with resistance You guys are probably trying to do both at the same time. All of the behaviors
1: are exactly the same up until the point where just the the extremity. The bodybuilder goes into the extreme part and then Mm. goes into the non-sustainable transformation. Mm. You know, but we can we can dial that back and find that sustainability point and go, this is the stuff that we now repeat. This is the level of restraint we have to show in order to sustain this. This is how much when we can let the rope out and we need to pull it back in. Mm -hmm. The bodybuilder just keeps fucking pulling the rope in. (laughs) Yeah. Or pulling the, the rope up. (laughs) the the noose around the neck uh, for the last you know portion of it so yeah yeah but the behaviors and, and the management of that and the identity and all that stuff is the same
0: yeah yeah absolutely well i really hope you guys have gotten a lot out of this episode and if you did you will really love our better bodies program um it's, it's 12 weeks, but we're not going to kick you out after 12 weeks. If there's still video lessons you want to go over, we'll continue to add more bonus material. If you want to continue jumping on the live calls for the Better Bodies participants, you know, you have access to all of the coaches. You can ask whatever question you want, whenever you want. Um, then you are welcome to stay on for longer than 12 weeks. Yep. Um, but, you know, if you just want to do 12, three months, 12 weeks, because you think that's all you need to go through all of the six blocks Nutrition, training, mindset, motivation, hunger and cravings management, subs and recovery. What have I missed? Training. Training. Did I say training? Uh, I don't know. I feel habit. like I missed one there.
1: Habit. Amazing, habit, habit change.
0: And, I don't know. Anyway.
1: <laughs> that's all of them. There's so
0: much. It's not, it's not like we wrote it or anything. Why would we remember? Um, yeah. And if you did find value in this episode, please give us a four or five star rating. Nothing below four. I don't even
1: think I'm willing to accept less than five.
0: Okay, five, five or above.
1: You know, we live we live in a digital world where we get validation from stars.
0: We do we need this external validation <laughs> to keep us going. Yeah. Um, but, you know, remember what your mum said, Dean, if you don't have anything nice to say, say nothing at all. So five stars or piss off.
1: Yeah. You know what? That's, I mean, just to wrap this segment up even more. Yes, Dean. If we relied solely on likes and views on YouTube to continue this, we probably would have quit a while ago. You know, at least on YouTube because we're not really set up to be YouTube optimised. No, we're not. Um, But we don't. It's because we have a lot of value in providing good content for people that we may or may not even know that they're getting anything from it. Yeah. And it's fucking nice when you hear that people do. Oh, yeah. You know, real nice. Um, there's definitely some validation there, but we do it because this is part of our identity and our values to say, hey, let's, and we've said this from the very beginning in you know, the, the inception of Flex, yes. which is that we wanted to leave the industry in a better place. And they wanted to hold coaches to a higher standard, both to themselves and to their clients.
0: Uh-huh, absolutely. So, you know. Yeah. And that does not rely on likes. That relies on us just giving the best value that we can. Mm. Um,
1: Speaking of value.
0: Yes. Value.
1: We always finish with lots of value okay and that's a would you rather
0: oh all right are you gonna ask me or am i gonna ask you
1: i'm gonna ask you i'm ready but i might rapid fire you some okay would you rather only ever eat with a teaspoon Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or only ever eat with a fork
0: fork cereal would be hard but that's okay really yeah fork
1: what what couldn't this is not rapid rapid fire would you rather (laughs) only ever have to hop Everywhere you go on one leg. Okay. Can't change leg either. Always okay. the same leg. Same leg. Uh, or just about to hit a jog speed of walking.
0: Oh, definitely that one. I enjoy that walking pace. This is the Sydney girl you're talking to. That's my natural walking pace.
1: Okay. Yeah. Would you rather never be able to wear deodorant again or brush your teeth again?
0: Oh, deodorant. I would never, I would rather brush my teeth than wear deodorant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm, why? Rapid fire.
1: Uh-huh. Stop.
0: I'll just get Botox under my arm so I don't sweat.
1: Genius. <laughs> Would you rather never be able to hear music again, or only able to be able to hear it like when it's just a slightly too loud?
0: Oh, slightly too loud for sure. Really? Yeah. I don't know music. Okay. All right. We're not asking you, Dean, are We were asking me.
1: Would you rather only ever be <laughs> able to eat solids or liquids?
0: Oh, solids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nah. Would- What's ice cream?
1: Oh, liquid. Oh, <laughs> I,
0: don't I don't know. It's kind of in
1: between. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Would you rather only ever be able to have still liquids or fizzy liquids? Ooh. All liquids we're talking. That includes soup, oh. broth. Do you oh. want fizzy ramen?
0: No. Non-fizzy liquids then, I reckon. Because Rabina's is good fizzy or flat. And I just care about Rabina more than okay. anything in the world. So
1: Last one, and this one's still aligned with what we're about to do. Would you rather yes. only ever be able to live in Japan for the rest of your life or never travel?
0: Or never travel.
1: Yeah. So you're either going to be at it, you either have to like never travel and live in Australia. Okay. Or only live in. Sorry. Did I fuck that up? Yeah, you did. So you have to leave Australia and live in Japan for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or you can just travel around. That sounds like it. No, that's too easy. I fucked it up. What am I trying to do? I don't with? know.
0: That was the shittest question ever. <laughs> I feel like we should edit that out.
1: No, that's good. <laughs> this is what goes on. I'm terrible at it. Ask me one.
0: Would you rather. Uh, have your nuts twisted and it's really painful and then you have to get your nuts chopped off.
1: So why did, you, why did it have to be twisted? And You could have just said, would you rather get them chopped off?
0: No, because it has to be painful before they get chopped off. Okay. I'm asking the questions okay. here, Dean, not you.
1: Yeah.
0: Twisted nuts, really fucking painful and then chopped off. Or your nuts are fine, but your wang's a bit small. What's small? Just
1: and are we talking about small, the same
0: size as it is Small
1: now? on the flaccid small <laughs> on the grow?
0: Small on the grow.
1: Is it pleasurable?
0: Of course. Yes.
1: Then it's I'd rather not that. for her. I'd rather be. Oh, it, her, no, for her, I mean. Well,
0: no, the size does matter. And any girl that says it doesn't is lying.
1: Mm-hmm. Or they have a really. Oh,
0: this is do. rapid fire. This is the shittest rapid fire. It's
1: not possible to do rapid fire. <laughs> would right,
0: you, would well. you rather continue
1: this podcast or end this podcast? End
0: this podcast. All right.
1: Well, that's the final part. Is
0: anybody else's ears bleeding at how bad the ending of this podcast is? Would you rather have is? bleeding ears or bleeding nose? Oh, Bleeding nose really yeah i reckon all right guys arrivederci see you on better bodies all the next episode or both
1: i think you should say goodbye to them in british
0: uh you're right you want a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> i don't yeah. know how to say bye <laughs> <The British accent. laughs> bye